Hi, and welcome to the Canada's History Podcast. My name is Joanna Dawson. On March 8, 2013, the Supreme Court announced a historic ruling relating to the Manitoba Act of 1870, the act that ended the Red River Rebellion and led to the creation of the province of Manitoba. In a long-standing claim brought against the federal government by the Manitoba Métis Federation, the Supreme Court ruled that the federal government failed in its obligations to the Métis people under the Manitoba Act of 1870. To get a historical perspective of this important ruling and to learn more about the Manitoba Act, I spoke with Philip Mayo, historian and director of the St. Boniface Museum in Winnipeg. So, Philip, can you help us sort of set the stage, and what was the scene in the Red River Colony leading up to the Manitoba Act? Well, essentially, as we know, the Red River Settlement was part of the Hudson's Bay Company territories, and the HBC was selling its claim to the territories to the Dominion of Canada. The Métis, for the most part, but eventually joined by the bulk of the Red River settlers under the leadership of Louis Riel, essentially resisted this because they felt we are civilized people not to be bought and sold like a herd of cattle by the, uh, by the Canadian, by the Hudson's Bay Company. They created a situation where the government of Canada was forced to negotiate with the settlers terms of Manitoba's entry into Confederation or Red River's entry into Confederation. Canada had no intention of creating a province as early as 1870. They saw the territory as something that would be administered by a government, a federal appointee for 10, 20 years. And then once the area had been flooded with Ontario immigrants and the like, then maybe provincial status. But the Red River delegation, led by Father Richard, pushed for and got provincial status. But as soon as that was accorded, the federal government, uh, through Sir John A. Macdonald, started putting conditions. First, it was going to be a really, really small province. Secondly, the province would not have control over crown lands in the same way that Quebec, Ontario, Nova Scotia, and New Brunswick had. So Manitoba is now a second-class province. Father Richard basically couldn't win on that point. The federal government says, well, what can we give you in compensation? Richard says, how about 200 acres of free land for all Red River settlers and their children on achieving maturity? In other words, sort of a birthright. The federal government response was, we can't do that. We can only do this, give away free land with regards to quitting Aboriginal title and and so on. So the concept of a Métis land grant came out where 1.4 million acres was to be set aside, theoretically 200 acres per child who would be able to claim that land on reaching maturity. So that was the compensation that was supposed to be given to the Red River settlers for becoming a province without control over over crown lands. Around the discussion table, which were secret private discussions between Father Richat, other delegates, uh, Sir John A. Macdonald, Sir George H. Cartier, the concept was discussed that the there'd be a local committee appointed to, you know, supervise the distribution of the land. That, you know, Bishop Cashy and the Bishop of Rupert's land would be chairs of this committee that it would be under provincial administration, that everything would be done to ensure that the rights of the children would be protected and that they would indeed get this land and so on. But we can't put this in the Manitoba Act, otherwise it wouldn't pass Parliament. So the Manitoba Act simply refers to the 1.4 million acres and that the Governor-General in Council, i.e. the federal government, will from time to time 
pass orders in council to arrange for the distribution of the land. So for 20 years, 25 years after 1870, either through the most grotesque incompetence that one can imagine or willful negligence of the uh, duties uh, that the government had supposedly undertaken to you know, assist the Métis in getting themselves a land grant, the administration of this 1.4 million acres was done in such a way that the script that was eventually given to the Métis was virtually useless to them. Uh, if, if they weren't cheated out of it, they sold it. Uh, you had a diaspora from, uh, from Manitoba where the bulk of the Métis population, French and English, left the province because they couldn't get the title to land here. Uh, they became essentially the landless people of the West, um, and uh, the history of Manitoba was sort of detrimentally affected by that. And so the the claim that's uh, the subject of, of conversation that's come out recently, this has been going on for many years now, is that right? This has been going on for well over 30 years. I can remember as a grad student sitting in, a, in, in seminars with uh, Doug Sprague, who was, eventually became my thesis supervisor for my Ph.D., and a uh, law professor, Dale Gibson, from the uh, uh, law school at the University of Manitoba. And they were talking about the administration of uh, you know, Métis lands. I remember Doug Sprague writing articles called Government Lawlessness in, in Manitoba with regards, again, to the administration of this 1.4 million acres and the other land commitments. Uh, when I did my thesis on the negotiations, focusing, of course, on Father Richat and the journal of which he kept records of the actual negotiations and so on, uh, the land question was something that I sort of looked at but not in the same detail as I did perhaps the amnesty and what have you. But the discussions are there as to what was said, where this 1.4 million acres came from. I mean, at one point in time, it was 1.2, and then the government decided that they wanted to add the portage la prairie settlement into Manitoba, at which time they said, well, if you add them, then you've got to add in more, you know, more free land for, for the Métis. So the, all this stuff went around the table and, and what have you. But the administration of Métis lands after 1870 was done in such a way that uh, it, it was essentially a, a joke. The, the legal profession in, in Winnipeg at the time, uh, the, 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 the people who became our first sort of millionaires here in Winnipeg, they got rich on land speculation, and the land that they were buying and swapping and trading was essentially land that should have gone to the uh, Métis children at the time. Philip, is it mostly the land in question that's the subject of this claim, or are there other things um, under the Manitoba Act that the Métis, uh, Manitoba Métis Federation has brought forward? In this particular case, I think it deals principally with the 1.4 million acres. Uh, there were other issues, but for the most part, it deals with the 1.4 million acres of land and how that was supposed to be distributed. And the court is basically, as far as I can tell, and again, I'm not a lawyer, I'm a historian, has basically determined that the federal government, in a negotiation with essentially an Aboriginal or First Nations people, as the Métis were, has a fiduciary or a legal responsibility to look after their best interests, not the federal government's interest, but they are to act as almost you know, custodial or what have you. And that the federal government uh, sort of, uh, shall we say, besmirched the honor of the crown by not living up to that, uh, to that standard. So it's a simple declaration that the Métis were wronged and the Métis at this point in time have a stronger uh, position with which to 
negotiate with the federal government for some kind of resolution of this wrong, whether that's financial compensation, land compensation, apologies, I have no idea. That's, uh, that's not the topic that's, uh, that's close to my heart. Uh, what's close to my heart is sort of the historical record and uh, I guess sort of say the, uh, the redemption of Father Richard, who was basically lied to at the negotiating table. Excellent. Thank you so much, Philip. You're very welcome. It's my pleasure.